You're listening to the Derek Asante Podcast, the show that brings you insightful conversations about everyday topics. I just aim to keep the discussion above the average. My guests are the ones bringing the social proof to the conversation. Let's get into it. I'm your host, Derek Asante, and today we'll be spending some precious time with an amazing individual. Um, I've had the privilege of getting to know this person over the last, I believe it's five years, and She's by far one of the most selfless individuals that I've ever met. And you'll know why as we get into the conversation. But our guest today is sharing with us her experiences and wisdom um, in what I call, you know, her sandboxes. Because she has quite a bit happening. Uh, (laughs) She's not only a YouTuber, someone living a minimalist lifestyle, a blogger, and most importantly, she's a mother of two beautiful little girls. So please help me welcome my friend. I'm going to call her D, but y'all have to call her Donna Brissette because you don't know her like that. Please welcome Donna. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. It's so good to be here. <laughs> you did it all in the intro. I'm that's loving it. it. That's it. That's it. Right? No BCs, no nothing. We're just getting right into it. <laughs> <laughs> no BC tonight. BC. <laughs> <laughs> don't figure out what that means later much later <laughs> they gotta listen they gotta listen for a while to understand the meaning for that that's one it. that's how we gotta keep them how have you been i have been good i have been good you know some days are better than others but lately i've been focusing a lot on being thankful for everything that I have in life, and that's been a priority for me. So the days are much easier when you give a little more thanks. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You have to. You have to. Well, first of all, before we go in any further, I want to say congratulations on your anniversary. Oh, thank you very much. It's a major milestone. How one. many years has it been? <laughs> Eight years of marriage. Eight years. Eight years. And of you're marriage. still standing. I know. You know, we're still here. Okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> With a lot of fight left in us, so I think we got a, at least eight more to go. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Yeah, the first eight years went by fast, so. How did you celebrate with everything that's happening now? We kept it simple. The way that, you know, 2020 has taught us how to do it. I think if there's anything that I took from 2020, it was to just keep life simple the simpler the better Mm -hmm. so we just made some food together which is nice because on a regular day i'm the only one that cooks right that is how uh we celebrated my husband took the day off work which doesn't happen often so that was a gift in itself to have him around for more than a few hours in the day oh that's awesome yeah for sure (laughs) <laughs> so let's let's get some some dirt because i know him so <laughs> you know do a, a decent job did he throw it down did he represent for us oh he represented yeah okay yeah. that's good that's good he definitely did <laughs> so then i don't have to give him that call then be like listen listen bro we got we got I issues here <laughs> i don't know if it gets any better than that <laughs> I got a homemade steak dinner. I'm I'm pretty happy. Yeah, he he stepped it up a notch for everybody. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, that's what I like to hear, brothers. You know, their way around the kitchen here and there. You know, you know the things that the things that surprise me is just how good he is in the kitchen for someone who's never in the kitchen. Natural man. That's that's how we do it. Steak is not for everybody, but he came through. <laughs> nice. Was there any wine involved, or? There's always wine involved in my house. <laughs> There's always wine involved. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Wine comes second to water over here. <laughs> we, we're not going to get into too much wine because I don't want CAS to get wind that wine comes, uh, water comes second in the house. <laughs> That's true. Okay, only for the adults. Only for the adults, or I should say mostly for me because I'm the wine lover in the house. Okay. That's good. That works too. That works. That sounds like a better answer there. <laughs> I want to go back a bit, right? So I want to take us back a little bit. Mm -hmm. I'm talking like high school. Because I only met you, you know, okay. I think since our two eldest were, were, were born. So yeah. I want to kind of back up a little bit. So this is where I'm, I'm going to learn a little bit about you. And then we'll sure. bring it back to the present day. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. So let's take me back to high school. So in high school... How would you describe the person that you were? In high school? Were you, were you the shy girl? Were you the, the, uh, the leader of the clique? I've... Were you the bully? <laughs> Believe it or not, I have always been the shy girl. Um, so in high school, I was very shy, but I wasn't uh, a very social person. I was more so I'm here to get in, do what I have to do so I can go either play sports or go to work because those were my priorities in life. I didn't really like a lot of the cliques wow. that were going on in high school. So I didn't really want to be a part of that. So because of that, I had this reputation where I seemed like the stuck up person. Right, right. But it wasn't so much being stuck up. It was just, I didn't want to conform to any specific type of group. And I didn't want to associate myself with so many people all the time, because most times I'd honestly just rather be left alone because you know in high school there's a lot of drama and I didn't want no parts in that right, right. <laughs> so I was always just uh I'm here to do what I have to do I socialize a little here and there but I was more so concerned about playing sports or when I was old enough to start working I I didn't even go back to sports at that point I just worked because that was just who I was See, I can relate to that I can relate oh, yeah. to that as far as <laughs> as far as keeping to myself. But I was more of a social butterfly. Like I, I had like I could oh, yeah? go from one group and hop into a conversation with a totally different group that might be considered the nerdy group or the the athlete. So I was everywhere. I didn't I didn't kinda limit myself to one You're yeah, a floater. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. I floated. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Same here. But you mentioned sports. What sports did you um play what were you involved in in high school i played basketball what um, my position was a guard yes yeah i was on the jv team i had played basketball like through most of middle school as well and it was something i was super passionate hold on, about hold on hold on hold I... on stop 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 <laughs> stop telling me lies right now stop stop <laughs> these are facts i'll dunk on them i swear i'll dunk on them <laughs> Don't, don't do this to me. Oh, my gosh. 
As in, as in point guard or shooting guard? Oh, no, I wasn't a point guard. I didn't have the handling skills to be able to read plays and do it. I was a shooting guard. Wow. Yeah, I had a pretty nice shot. I don't know, man. You got to prove that. I mean, <laughs> is there a yearbook? I have trophies. Trophies? <laughs> I have trophies. But the, the water boy gets trophies, too. I'm saying, like. <laughs> so, not enough proof <laughs> that's where I was at for soccer because Goldie was the only thing I could do <laughs> but in basketball there was a you know what and there was a point in middle school where basketball became my life that and art and so in the summertime literally we worked so hard together through those summers that there was a point when we were on the team in middle school that our coach would call this salt and pepper because you couldn't get one without the other. And we flowed so well together on the court. So it was definitely something I was passionate about. And I kept that passion in high school. But when work became an option, that just took over the passion. How old were you when you started working? I was 16. Oh, right away. Yeah, as soon as you can, as soon as you can get your work from it and it's it's okay, I was there. Why was that so important for you? For me, working was important because I was raised to be independent. And in my eyes, going to work was the most independent thing that you can do. You're providing for yourself. You're helping to provide for your family and you're responsible, right? Like how many teenagers do you know who are willing and wanting? to go to work in that same type of work work ethic is what brought me from starting in a very small position to then being the youngest assistant manager that my company has had in their history of being open. And I, I started as just the sales associate, the person who greets you when you walk through the door. Okay. And within one year, I was a supervisor. And then within one year of being a supervisor, there was a position open for assistant manager. It was offered to me. I accepted. I went for my training. And I just rocked that out for as long as I could. Go-getter, eh? Oh, well, you have to have that mentality because these jobs and these positions, they don't just come for you like that. You got <laughs> to put in the work and make sure that at the end of the day, when you clock out, the only thing people can say about you is that that girl does her job like she does her job well. And we need more people like that. OK, that drive like to to just keep going and, and growing and, you know, getting to the next level as far as that work ethic where did that come from? My family. My mom, she was a single mom for most of my childhood, and she worked multiple jobs all the time. For me growing up, it was normal for your parents to spend an entire day or an entire night at work, and you would only see them for a couple hours of the day. I didn't know any better than that. And even with my upbringing, like my grandparents raised me for the first like six years of my life. 
And my grandfather, he he owned a lot of land. He had a lot of animals to care for. I say this because I'm from Jamaica and I actually grew up there. <laughs> so I know in Canada, people are like, what animal do you have to care for? But in Jamaica, you have a lot of land, like acreage on acreage. Yeah. And you have animals that you have to take care of because this is how you survive. Right. right? Like if you have land and you have animals, you can create a space where you don't really need to go to the market for everything like your land provides for you so I've always been around that work hard attitude and I just I guess it was just instilled in me and I just didn't know any other way to be than to just work hard okay now was it also a part to do with the fact that you just wanted to be able to say I did this on my own that pride that you know what I think a lot of it at that time speaking from my teenager self I think a lot of it just had to do with I wanted to be able to get myself the things that I wanted to get because I didn't feel comfortable asking my mom right to get me all the things that I I wanted how many um were you in the in the household as far as siblings just three siblings and my mom are you the baby I'm the baby. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, I'm definitely a baby. <laughs> That's interesting because most people, when they're either the middle or the baby, they feel like they have to ascribe to be better or more, right? And No. I can only relate to that because I was a middle child in my family and yeah. a lot of the stuff fell on me. So same thing, my mom's single mom. Right. You know, going to work, doing the three jobs thing and... And whatnot. So I never asked her for anything. So I made sure, similar to you, go out get my own, so I don't have to burden her with the things you exactly. know, that I want and that she may not be able to give, right? Because the sacrifice would be either we eat, or I get the shoes or the, the you know the video game console that I want, right? So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Now, so sixteen, you started working, and then you just climbed the corporate ladder, sort of sort of speak is that yeah i did within four years i was actually within two years i was the highest position that i wanted to be wow in that field now you mentioned something when you were speaking and i want to kind of go back to it so i've heard two things you said jamaican and then you also said american yeah (laughs) where were you born (laughs) i was born in jamaica born and raised and i'm talking like country country where you don't have no cable tv (laughs) you don't have a lot of electricity to use when the the night comes like i was a country country girl sang in choir and everything wait wait wait. you sang yes i used to sing Sing what? In the choir. <laughs> I did. I actually sang a lot of solo songs. So what happened to the, the vocals? What happened to the, the, the talent? Um, I was too shy. I was too shy. Gosh, we got to take care of that. I know I do. <laughs> I have been taking care of it. You would never guess I'm shy now. Which is good. But you would never sing on the show right now anyway, which means. No. Exactly. No. Unfortunately, I mean, unless it's like a lullaby, (laughs) I'm not here to put anyone to sleep tonight. (laughs) And we appreciate that. We definitely appreciate that. (laughs) So, so from Jamaica, you come to Canada at what age? I, from Jamaica, I lived in the States. So I moved to the States when I was around six and I lived there for all my life until my last 
um, year of university, that's when I decided I wanted to do something bold, something that I didn't think that I would ever do, but what better time to do it than now, you know? The earlier you explore and see what you want to do, the sooner you can figure out who you are and make better choices from there. So I just got up and moved to a different country. (laughs) Really? That was it? Yeah, literally. I graduated in May from university and in July I was living in Canada. By yourself? No, I moved here to be with my husband, my fiance at the time. Okay, 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 okay. (laughs) Wow. So is he's from the U.S. as well then? No, he is actually also from Jamaica, but he lives in Canada. Oh, I see. And so our, our paths crossed because um, his mother and my mother knew each other in high school. Oh, wow. And they were good friends. So our families would travel back and forth when we were young. And when I say young, I mean like seven or eight. Right. Like in the summertime, instead of going on a vacation to, for example, like Florida or like an island where most people would go, the families would just alternate who goes to which country and we would just catch up with each other because his parents and my parents, they're workaholics. (laughs) And the only time they make time for other things is if they're going to be around, you know. Yeah. People who who understand that kind of grind and hustle. That makes sense. So keep the company, right? The company that you're you keep is usually into what you want to be into or you are into. So that's how it's supposed to be. But you know, some people some days. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> so what I want to do now is I've known you for I believe it's five years. You can correct me if I'm wrong. It's fine. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Thanks to our daughters. (laughs) Now, when you said yes, you moved over to Canada and now you're starting your your new life. Were you were were you always the positive person that I've come to know? Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) I became this positive person because of my husband. Elaborate a little bit. How did that happen? Throughout my whole life, before us, like before we became a we, I've always looked at things as um, if you work hard, you get the things in life that you work hard for. But more times than not, I was always exposed to the people who worked hard and just couldn't get to where they needed to go or they would be good people and bad things would happen to them. So I always did my best. So that the best could happen for me. Right. But I never had that positive mentality. I just always felt like at any point in time, something can happen and I need to prepare myself for it, you know? And so he really helped change that mentality for me. But where did that mentality come from? Do you, do you recall, like, was there a memory or an experience that made you feel like I have to look at the worst in things so that I can be better as opposed to looking at the best in things and just excel from there? I'm not exactly sure where it stemmed from or how I even came about to start thinking like that. It's just one of those ways that I've thought for so long um, that it just became a part of how I thought about a lot of things. I, I guess I was more so a realist than an optimist. Okay. 
Um, and it's not so much that I always thought, you know, negative things or like negative things can happen. It's just, I felt like real life has real problems and I I need to be prepared for that because the reality is if you can't help yourself, who's going to help you? Right. That's the truth. And then I realized that you don't have to walk, you know, this journey and do everything on your own. Like it doesn't have to be hard all the time like sometimes you just need that one person and they change the way that you look at everything right and that's pretty much just what happened with me right so shifting your perspective allowed you to to see things a little bit differently and and then therefore change your actions accordingly exactly you have to be able to notice these things to even try to do anything different to change your path if you're not aware then then you can't make any changes no so I have this quote that I came across that I want to share with you, and um, I'm going to read it. It's by Jeffrey Fry, and once you hear it, I want you to tell me what comes to mind immediately. Okay. And then we'll, we'll take from there. It says here, when you are not sure what to do, take action. You will quickly find out. You got to do something. How does that quote apply to you in your journey? Because I feel like in anyone's journey, but mine specifically, if I am at a standstill, I can't move forward. If I need to see growth, I have to do something in order to grow. Growth doesn't just happen naturally on its own. You have to work at something to even see if you made any improvement from where you were before. That's awesome. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Did I leave you I just didn't expect that answer, which I'm, I'm glad you gave that answer because that's a really powerful <laughs> statement, you know, so. Yeah, well, that's what I that's what I hear when I, I hear a quote like that. Awesome. Awesome. You like what you're hearing so far? Make sure you never miss another episode by subscribing now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like yourself. Thank you for your support. Give a big shout out to uh, Gray Miles Publishing for publishing my latest book, The Best of Gray. You can get all their information about the best of gray at graymilespublishing.com. You can subscribe to the mailing list and get all the latest content. So we were just talking about a quote um, by Jeffrey Fry. And uh, for those of you who are just joining us now, I want to read that quote again. And uh, Dee just gave us a really, really, really incredible uh, response to it. And the quote reads... When you are not sure what to do, take action. You will quickly find out. And um, I agree with that. I agree with that. Sometimes you just have to do it instead of overthinking and overanalyzing and things like that. And um, I think they call it analysis paralysis, a term that I've heard before where someone, you know, has a great idea. They're passionate about it and they overanalyze it for so long that it never actually takes off because they don't actually get to the point where they act on it and right i'm guilty of that in the past where i've had you know some awesome ideas and i'm like yeah i'm gonna do this but i need it to be perfect before i launch it right but i never get to launch yeah you become your own worst critic right <laughs> right stop yourself from doing something sounds like you can relate to that oh more than i would like to admit <laughs> I will not say or not say. (laughs) It's definitely relatable. Now, did you 
come close to something like that or were you able to overcome it when it came to uh, starting your your YouTube channel, DNFAM? So funny enough, I had been wanting to start a YouTube channel for so, so long. When I originally started my channel, I titled it Nanny to Mom because at the time I was a professional nanny. Right. So I, I wanted to start my YouTube channel for a long time, but I was too scared. Like without BSing <laughs> anything, to be honest, I was just too scared. Scared of what though? I was scared of speaking to a camera. I was scared of having people watch anything that I posted. I was just scared in general because uh, speaking, although I was good at it, it's never been something that I've been confident in because I was naturally so shy. Right. So what happened is I had my daughter and uh, I didn't want to raise her to limit herself. I didn't want her to um, have opportunities in front of her and her be used to the idea that it's okay to shy away from it because you feel uncomfortable. I wanted to make sure I set an example that you can do anything that you want to do. And even if it's something that you thought you could never do or that you can't do, as long as you do it, you've done it. Wow. You know, it's not something that you can't do. It, it's impossible to not be able to do it if you are doing it, right? So I did that to make sure that I forced myself to be a better version of myself. So when she grew up to see what I did, I want her to be able to see that, you know, mom doesn't like talking. Uh, you know, mom doesn't like recording herself, but mom did it anyway because she can. Interesting. And that's the real reason why I started. And then the second reason was to just share my knowledge about products and just motherhood in general with a wider group of people than I'd be able to reach. And at that time, I didn't realize then that video was going to be the number one way to communicate any message or any advertising to a group of people around the world. I had no idea that it would have that sort of impact. Right. And just by pushing myself and trying to set a good example for my daughter, I, I did something way out of the box, <laughs> something that people think is so natural for me, but it's, it's a constant struggle. <laughs> That's interesting. Honestly, I would never, I would never think that still to this day, go through that process of oh yeah being uncomfortable there's a few takes before the real take starts rolling right 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 <laughs> wow yeah and so um at at one point i realized that my channel couldn't be something that was just a focus for me because my family is everything mm -hmm. and there's no me without family so you can't get myself as a brand without the family as well because they're always going to be around me and they're always going to be a drive as to why I work hard for everything that I work hard for and they're always going to be a part of anything that I do right because everything that I do is influenced from just my family hence the name D and fam exactly you can't get D without the fam ah, I like it I like it I like it I like it but it's interesting I, I, and I, I like that story because that's very humbling to know that you as an adult, you weren't taking any action on the things that you were even interested in, but it took a newborn to influence that change. Yeah. 
Isn't that crazy? The smallest being can make such a big change in your life. Now, I agree with you, but that I believe is only going to happen if you allow the space within yourself to accept that. That's very true. Because I, I, I noticed that a lot of adults, the pride and ego gets in the way that they don't even listen to their own children and try and, and learn from them. Yeah, you learn a lot from these little people. Oh, yeah. Right. And and they force that. Like, they make sure that we learn yeah. something from them, whether we like it or not. And, and I think that's a powerful, you know, message that I want to make sure people pick up because you can't be too old to learn. No, you're never too old for, to learn and you're never too old to change your ways. That's it. That's it. As long as you're willing to try, there's an opportunity waiting for you. My gosh. So the Going fear. back to that quote, right? You got to do something. <laughs> That's it, right? Wow. Yeah. That was a full circle moment right there. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And how has the, the, the YouTube journey been so far for you? How would you describe it? Oh, my goodness. This journey has been such an eye-opener for everything that I can do. Um, I remember when initially the journey started, I I dreamed of the day when I would be able to reach 100 subscribers. I dreamed of the day when I would get like five views on one <laughs> video because when I initially started, I didn't even tell any friends or family that I did it. I was too nervous to let them know that I did it. And when they accidentally came across and was like, I just saw somebody on there that said that they were you and looked like you. And oh my God, it's you. <laughs> it was you and you look, you look like a natural. How many of you videos do you have out? And I was like, well, that was my first one. Wow. And, and they were like, wow, why didn't you tell me? And I think a lot of creators initially, they hesitate to tell the people in their inner circle about the things that they're doing because Sometimes those people end up being the most judgmental. And right. at that point, you're still, you're in a delicate state, right? Because you're really putting yourself out there and you're making these videos that anyone, anywhere in the world at any time can watch it and see. So it's a, it's a very vulnerable moment. And I find that a lot of new creators, they go through that where it's just so hard to let people know. But the worst thing that can happen after you let them know is that they know. That's it. <laughs> Um, but I, I overcame that after I realized that I was actually helping people. Like for my first year on YouTube, all I felt from each video was that I helped someone. Some of my videos reached over 30,000 views. Some of them, you know, a couple hundred. It, it yeah. really depends on the type of video and how I market it and how searchable it is, right? Because YouTube is a search engine. It's, it's right. pretty much the same as Google. So if there's something that you need to know about anything. So I Googled you. <laughs> I actually Googled <laughs> the infam and no, no, I'm not kidding you. And it showed me a results of, and I have it right here, 17,200. Right. That's what showed up as far as, you know, people might have similar names. But yeah. you, your YouTube channel was actually, and your Instagram, and your blog, which we'll get into later on, but right. top five. Wow. So I screenshot it. That's amazing. Because your YouTube was number one, DNFM, YouTube, and then yeah. I see 
uh, DN fam something 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 I'm not gonna give the full name because that doesn't matter it's not you and then you're number three again and then number four is your blog Wow and so number number three is your Instagram mm-hmm. and then number four is your blog and then number five is um, I think you you're a part of um, a black an all black um, network of some sort Black Lives Matter. And that was number five. And I'm thinking, right. okay, I, I got somebody <laughs> on here that, that's doing something. Yeah. You know, so that's congrats on that. Thank you. It's Google. I mean, if you're top five on there, that's, that's important. That means you're doing something right. For sure. Actually, just recently this week, I reached another milestone on my YouTube channel. I have been having such a tough year obviously with everything going on and I had moments where I just didn't want to be um in the spotlight I felt like there's more important things going on in the world I'd rather save that space for those important things but I eventually found my way back I pushed through and now we are over 400 subscribers and I it's so hard to believe hold on hold on hold on hold on I gotta give it up I gotta give it up. <laughs> I gotta give it up. Thank you. Thank oh my you. My gosh, congrats. I, the number sounds so unbelievable because if I wanted to put 400 people in one room, I don't have a room big enough for 400 people. So when some people look at it and say, well, you know, 400, I have like 400,000. The way I look at it is I have 400 people who continuously have been here to support me on my journey. They like everything that I have to offer. And if I had to rent a room to be in in the same place (laughs) as all 400 people, there's no house I can get that would fit 400. It would have to be something bigger than that. And I just, that number is it's such a big number it's such a big accomplishment i can't wait to get to 400,000 you know <laughs> but i'm so thankful for where i'm at today i just that's a big deal and a regular person someone who doesn't put on a show just to get views could just have so many supporters it means a lot because what you see with me online is who i am in real life there's <laughs> and there's no in between i'm sure you can <laughs> attest to that <laughs> i can testify to that yeah I, I can i can definitely attest to that consistency is key um there's no flip-flop in here uh and that's awesome i think that's what makes it easier for people to just accept and yeah and keep coming back to read or to listen and watch and everything else and that's what it is because it, it actually shows right um and i think before we even started this this uh this taping i said to you bring your smile but that was just me being silly because I knew that was going to come anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't get me without you know, the because, <laughs> Right, the right. So, <laughs> you know, so that's, that's true. It's, it's a real testament to who yeah. you are. And I think that's, that's going to keep paying off over time and time again because people want that. People want authenticity. I hope so. People want people they can relate to. No, nah, it's true. Like, you, if you look at it historically, people just want people they can relate to. It's definitely true. That's definitely what I look for when I look into people that I want to support, whether it's like watching a video, being a part of a podcast, right. or, you know, buying a book, any of those things. Like, I, if someone is relatable, they're real, and 
they provide actual content that is useful for me, I'm going to be all on board with that. So I hold that in my morals and I make it my mission to come across that exact same way because I wouldn't accept anything less and I don't think other people should either. Right. And so I want to transition a bit, but before we move to the next point that I want to talk to you about, I want you to share with us just some of the the cons. I know the successes and the the benefits to youtubing and and whatnot because you told us a lot about that right now but what are some of the unexpected or um the cons or you know the pitfalls that people can anticipate when they get into this industry like if if i was starting today Mm -hmm. and i wanted to be a youtuber like yourself what advice can you give me about what to look out for that may show up right and how can i prepare for those Well, I'll definitely tell you things that will show up (laughs) based on what I have been through. So when I initially started uh, YouTube, YouTube wasn't what it is now. YouTube has taken over everything. There is nothing at all that you can search for online that will not land you back to YouTube. Like that is going to be, if you were trying to avoid it, it's almost impossible because it's the biggest search engine. Right on the internet, like between Google and YouTube, which are combined, it's the biggest search engine. So some of the downfalls that you'll run into if you're just starting out is the number one thing that everyone talks about is consistency. If you're not consistent, you're not going to see or get the results that you're looking for. So what a lot of people do when they're starting out is that they're excited, which you should be, Mm -hmm. and you get eager, which you should be. And you work hard, which, again, you you should should work hard. But sometimes you start off a little bit too strong, and then you you ease up a little bit. And what happens when you ease up a little bit is YouTube essentially punishes you, right? Because initially, you were driving people to their site, right? And they reward that. They make you more searchable, and they suggest your videos more the more content that you produce, because guess what? And the more content you produce, the more minutes people are watching, the more time they're spending on these search engines, and that's what they want. So if you start off in your first month making, say, two videos a week, and you were just on it, and you realize, I could do more. So then you decide, I'm going to do like five videos a week. But then the third month comes in, and you're burnt out. Right. You have no ideas. You have no motivation because you work for all these hours to produce each and every single video. And maybe you didn't reach the type of audience that you thought that you were going to reach. Maybe you didn't get the amount of views or engagement that you thought thought you would get. So then you start to feel a little bit discouraged, right? So then you go back to posting maybe like once a week. What happens is with the algorithm, once they see that you're posting consistently over a certain period of time, but then you slow down or stop, when you start again, you're pretty much starting at the very beginning as if you have no content out, none at all available, because what happens is you weren't consistent, and they're rewarding that suggestion spot for someone who has been consistent, because they've consistently had people come here. Whereas even if in one month you worked really hard and you might've put out, you know, sometimes there's campaigns where you do like a video a day for a month, like, you know, vlog Sember or Vlogmas or October Fest or right. whatever time of year that you decide that you're going to put out more content than you do throughout the rest of the year. It's better to put out content than no content. But when you work 
so hard, those endless hours of brainstorming, you know, producing the content, editing the content, promoting the content, and just continuously like recycling your content, and you're still not getting the type of um, views or engagement that you're looking for, it's very discouraging. And if you stop in that moment, just know you will be punished later on because without the consistency, they're not going to give you the spotlight. There's no way. So is it worth it? Is it worth it? Yeah. It's definitely worth it because even for me, if I were to help 10 people as opposed to 10,000, I would be grateful knowing that I helped someone as opposed to no one at all. So for all those hours I put in, it's definitely worth it because I can see my growth. I know I'm helping people and I know I'm providing useful content that people can use for years and years and years. I have videos that I've made over four years ago that are still sometimes my top videos in a month because guess what? I made something that was helpful for a group of people. And even though that was years ago, it's still helpful for them. So I put in the work then and that work is paying for itself now. That's it. And that's the mentality that you have to have every time you make a video. Not everyone will get the same amount of views. Not everyone will get the same amount of reach. And you might not, you know, drive in the amount of people that you think that you're going to drive in. But as long as you're providing useful content that can help people, that's searchable, and that's meaningful to you, you have a passion for it. People are smart. They know when you have a passion for something when you don't. If right. they don't see the passion, they're clicking out and that's it. They don't <laughs> that's they're it. not gonna care about whatever else, you know, you have to offer in your video. <laughs> that's exactly how I am though. If I click two I give you twenty seconds. If you ain't got me, I'm gone. Yeah. I'm out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I gotta move on to and the next one. It's proven that people, not just you, but there's a large amount of people who feel the same way yeah. and that's why it's such a competitive market because there's so many creators yeah if yeah. you can't catch their attention within the first seven seconds that's of it. the video that's it you might not even make it to 20 seconds nope. you know you're generous yeah I, 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 listen i'm trying i'm trying to help people out here you know <laughs> yeah 19 seconds left. <laughs> listen Listen, it's better than six. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, it's, right? it's, it's but, such a challenge. But you, if, without being relatable, how would how would you make it past those seven or twenty seconds? That's it. You know, I'm being I'm being generous, but listen, I want people to tune in. Make sure you get on YouTube and type in D. That's D E E and Fam F A M. Right, so D E E A N D fam. Make sure you check it. Check out that channel. Uh, there's a lot of great content on there. Uh, I think you got a Thank you. you got a gist of some of it as she's describing it to you. Um, I follow it. I make sure I subscribed and and everything else, so I I don't miss it. So please make sure you do the same. Um, I want to move on a little bit because in some of your videos you started doing this thing, which I'm like, hell no. I don't know. She can't. You can't be telling me you're Jamaican. You're from. You're from. Uh, you know America, and you're trying to do yeah. this thing, and all of a sudden you're being a minimalist. Like, talk to me about this. Yeah. Where did this come from? So, wanting to change my lifestyle to a more minimalist lifestyle came from a very dark place in my life recently. So after I had my kids, I 
like most moms, uh, some talk about it, some don't. I suffered from postpartum depression, and it was really bad initially. Uh, initially, I didn't even understand what was going on. And then when I started to realize what was going on, I, you know, asked for help. <laughs> it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to talk to a therapist. It's okay to say that you're not okay. Saying you're not okay is the first step. And when I was going through that stage, I realized none of the things I have matter. You know, like none of the physical things, like the, the more stuff I have, the more upset I was getting because it was just stuff. None of it had like a purpose. None of it had a meaning. So you're talking about you're talking about material gains, but material things. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Material things. So I I got to a point in my life where I just realized the less I had, the happier I felt. And so it started with, you know, clearing out one drawer. <laughs> one drawer led to like one room, one room led to a whole different mindset. And then it just shot out from there. Oh, wow. So really, there wasn't like a book or anything you came across. This was just something no, that you couldn't. I went through and I realized deep down I didn't need it. Right. Wow. And how has your um, husband responded to this change? He thinks I'm crazy for getting rid of stuff because <laughs> we always end up getting other things in the future. Um, it's it's interesting because more times than not, there's one person in a relationship who might be interested in being more minimal and then the other isn't. And what happens is you sort of feel like you can't approach that type of lifestyle because not everyone is on board. But you don't have to start by getting everyone on board. You just have to start with one thing at a time with you, and you go from there. So the less you have, the lighter you feel, and the more you can do because you have less things weighing you down. And when you say more you can do, can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what do you mean when you say there's more you can do because you have less things? So I have a certain um, mentality that I feel a lot of people might have where you feel more productive when you have less clutter around you. I know that there are some people who feel like with clutter, they work better. For me, I work best when I'm not around clutter, when I'm not around um, a messy space, because instead of focusing on what I have to do, I'm also thinking about the other 10 things that need to get done in order for me to focus on the one thing that I need to do. So what ends up happening is you start off, say, emptying a dishwasher, right? Because you need to use the sink. Right. You empty the dishwasher, then you realize you have to put everything away. Right. <laughs> you start putting things away, you realize things are out of place. Three hours later, you still have yet to use the sink because you had so much things to deal with in the meantime that your mind just forgot about what the purpose was, like your original purpose. Wow. And so... For me, I realized the more things I was having, I didn't even reach for these things. These things were part of the me that I used to be. Mm -hmm. And so in order to make space for the person I want to be, I, I personally needed to get rid of things to make room for me to just be me. Wow. And that's how it started. And if the feeling felt so good, I just did it more and more. And then I realized... You don't have to fully be any way to be in any sort of category. You can be a minimalist 
without getting rid of every, you don't have to have just a bed, you know, a dresser (laughs) and one pair of shoe. You can still have all of those things, but within those areas have less of the things that you don't use and more room for the things that you have. Wow. Listen. And by doing that, you save so much time that you can have that time to put towards the things that you want to do. I think I'm going to take a page out of that book because, <laughs> nah, it's true because I want to simplify things. Yeah. But I have no idea. I haven't really given it much thought. And because of what you just mentioned with time, which I don't have, you know, much of. Yeah. So it makes it a bit challenging, but I think I have to commit to it because if I don't commit to yeah. it, then it's always going to be an afterthought. and. It's something that I've wanted. I want to simplify my spaces. And you're right, because then you, you start looking at things and you're wondering, why is this box sitting there looking at me? <laughs> and know? those boxes, they look. <laughs> right, right. It's staring at me. And I'm thinking, where can I put you? And I have no space to put you. Yeah. And then the question becomes, well, why do I even have you? Right. Right. And and I have quite a lot of those moments. If it's in that box, you didn't even need it. Because right. you would have had it out the box. You know, and there's a lot of those things. That's where it starts. Okay, so I'm definitely going to take a page out of that. You've already started. You just don't know it yet. You've, you've literally already started. Yeah, it's, it's the thought process and the, the mindset and recognizing that these are issues. And yeah. If they're not being used, they shouldn't occupy the space that they do. No. Imagine all the things that you do use that you have no space right. for. And you can rarely find it because there's no home for it. Oh, I like that. If you were to get rid of the things that you didn't need, you'd always have a home for the things that you do need. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen. <laughs> so. It's changed my life. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. I'm already going through a moment right now, and I hope people listening can take, you know, take something out of this because this is this is important. This is some gems right now. Like, we can simplify life without necessarily having the whole world outside the house, inside the no. house. You don't need that. You just need the things that you use. That's it. You know, it's it's funny because I know some people who collect shoes. Some people collect different things. And, oh, yeah. and I'm thinking, you only got two feet, you know. I used to be a shoe collector, man. And I thought I had 100 feet. <laughs> <laughs> Until you put the one pair on. <laughs> the others didn't fit. <laughs> right? So it's true. It's so true, though. Listen, just stick around if you like what you hear so far. Make sure you never miss another episode by subscribing now. This episode is made possible by listeners like yourself. Okay, make sure you smash that like button. Leave a comment if you like the content that you're hearing in this conversation right now. And uh, we want to thank you, as always, right, for being a supporter and so forth. We're going to keep the conversation going. Uh, We have Donna with us. She is a YouTuber. We just made sure we covered this thing that I was very much interested in knowing a little bit more about. And she shared that wisdom with me, which is being a minimalist and what that could possibly look like and change my life. And I think she's doing that for me tonight. So um, I want to thank her for that. Uh, I have a small segment that I just introduced into this podcast. Right. And it's called Thinking Out Loud. So I have a question. It's a random question. And it probably has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about tonight but i'm curious to see how you respond to it um so i'm gonna throw the question out there and i want you to just give me 
the first thought, like, you know, your most honest response, thinking out loud without filtering it or anything like that, and shoot it so we can all get to hear that. No BCs tonight. Right, no BCs. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to keep it PG. <laughs> right? So here it goes, thinking out loud. Okay. Okay. What's one dream that you've tucked away for the moment? And why is it tucked away? I had a dream to be a fit mom. And for years, I tucked it away because I just didn't think it could be me. And then 2020 happened. (laughs) And I was on the verge of uh, just losing my mind. And then I realized I can be anything that I plan to be. And I started out dancing. Dancing led to lifting and a whole bunch of different exercises. And before I knew it, I became such an inspiration to other people that there is more than a handful of people that I've met who said, I never knew I could work out like this, but seeing you do this, seeing you become so fit and healthy and strong made me realize I I do want to do it. Wow. Yeah, I I seriously never thought I'd be a fit mom, and I am a fit mama. <laughs> <laughs> I am strong. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations. I got muscles for days. <laughs> I gotta work out so I can eat my weight in cookies. Okay? That's it. That's it. Oh, that's awesome. That is awesome. Thank you for participating in that segment there. Uh, trying to have some fun with it because it's one of those things I just want to get people's thoughts on. Random things yeah. to see what we can get from it, you know? It's all about trying to... I had a lot of fun with that one. <laughs> I hadn't thought about that in a long time, actually. <laughs> I'm yeah. glad I could help. Such, I'm glad I could help. such a long time, so thank you. <laughs> so, we covered two of the main things that I want to talk to you about today, and there's one more. And this one I saved for last because, for me, it means a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's your blogging. Right. So before I go in any further, I want to give the website out to people so they can actually um, get a chance to visit there and subscribe and, and support as well as learn. Right. Yeah. Um, so the website for uh, these blog is D and fam official dot Wix site dot com forward slash website. I'll make sure I have all that information in the um, description as well so that you can actually get in touch, follow and get some of that information that I'm getting that I read her blog on a regular basis <laughs> so no it, it's important because thank you so much for the support honestly people would be amazed that the it's just the simple things that really help creators like myself just your genuine support goes a mile you helped me a great deal with this especially because I don't know if you remember when I was sitting on the fence with starting oh, my blog yeah. That's so, oh my gosh, why does that sound like 10 years ago now? <laughs> I remember this. Right? I remember this. Because I had been sitting on it for a while and you just told me, go for it. Yeah. That's all you got to do. Right? And and I'd never looked back and I, you know, never forgot it because that was such a powerful moment for me. Yeah. That... As much as, you know, I felt good about myself and 
doing the things that I was doing, that meant a lot because yeah. here you were, you just up and started it. Just had it in the And room. I'm thinking, <laughs> right. You know, but I thought it was like most people, when you're outside looking in, you think there's something about it. There's something yeah. you got to, you know, do before you can actually get to that point. And I was no. over analyzing, right? I had that paralysis happening. And so when you said, no, you just got to open the site and go ahead and do it. Yeah. And I spent maybe two nights sitting there at my computer. I'm like, do I register? Do I register? Do I register? <laughs> I, I kid you not. And then because I, what I was, I was processing. If I register this, that means I'm committed and therefore I have to deliver. Right. You didn't want to hold yourself accountable. Right. In that, in that space. But then I said, you know yeah. what? But I have a lot I want to say. And yeah. what better place to put it than there? Right. You know, and then I have a, I had a brief moment where I was like, you know what? Will anybody read it? And that only lasted right. a brief moment because I, I immediately said to myself, it doesn't matter. Right. Right. So. Yeah. So thank you. Um, no for problem. Being an inspiration for me when it comes to blogging. I was loving the inner growth blog. It, now, now it hasn't died it went on a hiatus for 2020. <laughs> As everything should have, but the virus didn't get that message. Right, right. <laughs> so, so it's definitely coming back with this year. Um, and then it's going to be tied in with the, with the podcast as well. So it's definitely going to be revived and, and continue to push it. But I'm just going to move it from Wix and put it on my own. I'm excited. On my own um, platform. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to transition it over. Uh, to my own home base so that I can kind of take advantage of that, right? Yeah. And whatnot. I'm excited for that. Let me know when you're ready to start letting go of something. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. I'll be there to let you know you don't need it. <laughs> right? So I couldn't remember which order it came in, but which came first? Was it your blogging or the YouTube? YouTube came first because it was my biggest fear at the time. And I just wanted to, again, set that example for my daughter. You know, they, they look at you, they study you. Right. Um, so that's, that's why it started there. Blogging, I have always loved writing way more than talking. Mm -hmm. um, but I wasn't really sure if I were to write, if someone would read. And just like with you, I decided, you know, who cares if no one reads it? I have thoughts, I have ideas, I have inspiration to share, and I'm not going to stop myself from doing that. So I did. And the reason why I did it was because throughout my YouTube career, I noticed there was a lot of people who prefer to read than to watch a video. Right. And I don't think it's fair that I shouldn't market myself to those groups of people because regardless if you look you know you're in it to watch a two minute video a 10 minute video or read a five minute blog I want to be able to provide content that's available for anyone who's interested in whatever I have to say right so I found that writing was more of a therapeutic outlet for me because the words just flow so naturally for me right, right. And by having that outlet, I realized I was even more creative than I thought. And not to make myself sound so big, but 
you would know this because you're a blogger as well. Yeah. It's not easy. Nope. Nope. <laughs> it's not easy organizing those thoughts in a way where people are going to understand what you're saying. Right. And who has the time for this? Right. right? Like who, who's going to be doing this if you're already doing 10 other things? So I, I did it because I have a passion for it. I did it because I know I wanted to provide uh, a positive, uplifting space where people know when you come here and you read a post, you're guaranteed to leave with something. You're not just here to spend your time. You lost your time. You don't get it back. You invest your time and you will leave with something. Right. Like it's guaranteed. It's just the way that I am. And it's the way that I tell my stories because I am a storyteller. <laughs> so, I did some digging and I went back to last year, January Okay. on your blog and you had a post. <laughs> oh, goodness. Before, before everything right, came. Right, before everything <laughs> came. Um, and this one stuck out to me. So I'm going to share a little bit of it, of it from, uh, from that post. And it's called Breaking okay. Through Fear. And the reason why I chose this one, because it's funny because I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking... We've been talking about some of your fears throughout this whole conversation. Yeah. Right. And how you overcame it because clearly if you didn't overcome it, you wouldn't be doing half of the things you're doing. Yeah. You know, so um so I'm gonna share this snippet and tell me if you remember what triggered this mm -hmm. this moment, right? Okay. So it says here, um, that being said, let's talk about fear. Over the years, fear has become my worst enemy. I know what you guys are thinking. Fear is usually everyone's worst enemy. But seriously, my fear of failure has over time silenced my desire to achieve greatness. Talk to me about that. Well, that quote that you read earlier talked about um, how if you wanted to do something, uh, what you would do, right? So for me... I wasn't achieving the things that I wanted to achieve, wanted to achieve because I was too scared to fail. So what, even with you, when you were thinking about your blog, right. you weren't sure if you were really going to do it because you didn't really know if anyone would read it. Right. For you, you didn't fold when fear came knocking at your door. You said, okay, I see you, but I'm going to do it anyway, right? Yep. <laughs> and it might have taken you just uh, two nights to get to that point, but for me, it was years, right? And for some people, it's years for them too, but oftentimes, I think that we don't really know what our actual fear is. Mm -hmm. And when you sit and you think about it and you say, like, well, what are you actually afraid of like what are you so scared to do when you really think about the root of what that is and you tackle that head on you can do wondrous things and that was my eye-opener moment when I realized I've been holding myself back because I've been scared to succeed because I was so scared that what if I fail right while trying to succeed yeah, it was a it was a definitely an eye opener moment for me, and all this came from a children's book. <laughs> yes, so so I now I noticed that, and it says here I'll continue reading. Um, I took another excerpt out of it. It says here it finally hit me: face your fear head on and just move forward. Recently, I read a children's book 
to my daughters. The book was about colors, but the hidden message there was that each color has an emotion. The emotion or color that symbolized with me most was black. And black was represented as fear in the book. And that's funny because you also continue to say how ironic black happens to be one of my favorite colors. Yeah. To associate it with and gives me the most comfort. And I remember when I first met you, you said that. Yeah. All black everything. All I don't black have everything. any color in my closet. <laughs> I have light black, black black, dark black. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I, and it was true because if you actually go to your Instagram post yeah. earlier on, everything there was, was black. black. <laughs> and then all of a sudden a, a switch came and then I'm yeah. seeing color. And now everything you're posting yeah. is like vibrant with color. Yeah. Right. So yeah. how did that feel like making that switch? Well, you know what? To be honest, I still love black. <laughs> but making that switch was an eye-opener for me because I something as simple as a color, I viewed it a little bit differently. I liked black so much at the time because it helped me to blend in. It made me to not stand out. It made me to feel kind of like camouflaged, right? I kind of wanted to go unnoticed in a way. Hmm. And then I realized that I gravitated to that, not so much because I just love the color, but because there was so much that I feared that I needed to hide. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I didn't know what else to do, but to fold. Right. So I felt more comfortable with that. And then when I realized that you don't have to fold when you come face to face with a fear, like you have options, right? Right. Like, what if you just do something? You'll never know what happens unless you do it. I mean, you can right. think about the what if you can think about all those things, but I, I just got tired of the black growing, you know, sometimes you kind of feel like you're in a dark space or like you're digging a hole and the hole is getting deeper. What if you just walked out of the hole? Right. What if you just chose to go in the direction that had a little more light? What if you just did something a little bit different? Of course, the darkness is going to get darker. You're still choosing black. Right. But if you choose a lighter color, the facts are it's not going to stay black. <laughs> that's it. And that fear that you were holding on to, you know, it becomes something else because now you know why it is that you're gravitating to that one thing. That's it. And once you know, you can move on from that because without knowing, you know, you're just a lost cause in the moment because you, you're not able to see it and no one can make you see it. You have to see it for yourself. Right. Right. Wow. Children's book. You learn a lot from me. <laughs> you do. And, and speaking of which, I want to make sure I get our listeners to, um, Take advantage of a promo, and if you stay tuned to the end of the show, uh, there's definitely a special announcement that I'm going to share with you, and you can all take advantage of, of that. Uh, the children's book that was just recently published in 2020, uh, The Best of Grey, make sure you grab your copy. I'll get you more details at the end of the show. But I want to ask you, Dee, what is next for you? What's next for me is bringing people together with food. My family is everything for me. And second to family is food and fitness. <laughs> and so I wanted to be able to create 
an outlet where I can share a lot of my food inspiration with others. And I'm not in the business of spending hours on a meal because I have a blog, I have a YouTube channel, I have two kids, I have kindergarten class, I have a husband, I have workouts, I have food to eat. (laughs) I have a lot going on, right? So I don't have three hours to dedicate into one meal. So I find ways to convert that three hours into 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and I make delicious, flavorful, mouth-watering options that take you little time. Easy. <laughs> little Easy. time, little effort. <laughs> you just got to know what you need to do. You need to get it done and get it done right. Right. So... On that note, thank you for that. What I want to do is, can you please let the people know how they can continue some of these conversations with you on your platforms and how they can get a hold of you, follow you, get more content from you and all that, all that good stuff. I would say that the easiest way to find out what I'm up to is just by heading over to my YouTube channel. So if you go into YouTube, you just type D and fan. And if you click on any of my videos in the description box, you'll have links to my blog directly. You'll have links to my personal Instagram, where Instagram is the one place that you can reach me in between the posts. So whether it's a video or a blog, you can catch me daily on Instagram at B underscore D, D E E four, the number four, And I actually respond to every single comment. (laughs) I love engaging with people. Yeah, I, I really, really do. So don't feel shy. Don't be a ghost follower. The most important thing for me is not only just subscribing, but liking it. So I know that you enjoy this type of content and commenting. Please, please comment. I love responding and engaging. I find it to be the most satisfying part of doing all the work for a video is now being able to talk to people about what they thought or what they got from it. That is the most enjoyable part for me is just being able to engage. Awesome. Man, listen, she gave you more than I expected she was going to give you. So you better you better get on it. You know, you better get on it, follow. She gave you everything. She gave you the blueprint and how to follow. So yeah. if you mess up, that's on you. I'm just saying. <laughs> I make it as easy as it can get. That's it. That's it. I want to thank all my listeners for joining us this week on the Derek Asante podcast show. Also, I might, you know, I'm looking at it. I'm thinking of switching it to daps because I like that. You know, when you meet I somebody, like daps. daps. Yeah, I like daps. I like daps. So I might, I might go with that, right? Thank you for. I really like. I vote daps. <laughs> I vote daps too. I think I'm going daps with it. To be seen, it needs to be. <laughs> they're gonna want to know what this means. Before. Hey, they're gonna have to wait for the next time I chat with you. That's what they're gonna have to do. <laughs> We'll get into that then. Oh, my gosh. A special thank you to you um, for for coming through for me on this on this episode. And uh, I want to make sure everybody listening that you do subscribe not only to um, the show, but also follow D uh, as she giving you all the details. So if you found value in this episode, we appreciate your review and share the information with anybody that you might also benefit from this conversation that we had today follow us on twitter on instagram as well and for more content keep the conversation above average 
thank you to my special guests. And uh, thank you for having me, you oh. guys. I need you to know one thing about Derek, okay? You cannot have a conversation with him without somehow you thinking outside of the box of what you used to think, okay? Like he has a way to make you think differently. And if you enjoy that, definitely stay tuned because I'm having a lot of fun just being here on the show. And I'm also having a lot of fun watching everything that you achieve. So congratulations on all the achievements. I won't give anything away. But you guys, if you want to think outside the box, if you want someone to challenge your way of thinking, this is the place that you need to be because these out-of-the-box questions that he's asking where you have to answer just on the fly, this is just how he is in general. <laughs> this is not just for the show. <laughs> I appreciate so that. if you enjoy, make sure you subscribe and stick around because it, it won't gravitate from this. I'm confident it won't. This is just this is how it's going to be and this is as real as it gets so thank you for having me no it's a pleasure so here's my special announcement before we leave um she didn't know i was going to do this but this is just what i want to do the first 100 listeners to subscribe to donna's youtube channel and leave a comment with the hashtag daps podcast that's d-a-p-s podcast will receive a $10 discount code for the purchase of The Best of Grey, which is my latest children's book publication. So take advantage of that. And you can also uh, check out graymilespublishing.com for more details on, on the book and so forth. So remember, the first 100 listeners to subscribe to Donna's YouTube channel will receive that discount code but they have to put in the hashtag Daps Podcast. And she's going to let me know if you did it or not. And and she'll get me all that information, and I'll get you guys that, that discount code. All right? Have and yourself- the book is worth it, you guys. It's the number one in our house. And we're not saying that because we know the, the author. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just that good. It's, it's funny. I actually haven't noticed it until this past week that... Um, the first three weeks of the book's launch, we've sold over 200 books. I believe it. I don't doubt it for one second. It's that good. You know, so it's it's been it's been it's a blessing speaking for itself. It's that good. That's it, right? So I'm loving it. I'm loving it. So make sure you subscribe, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you again, Dee, for being here. It's always an honor. 